if you had to bring back one thing, well, I had to if you wanted to, because some things are better left in the past. Like I, bro, I'm I'm not gonna argue to bring back dinosaurs. Like you know, it's <laughs> fucking let 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 sleeping dinos lie. If if you get my drift. Um, but if you could bring back one thing, uh, between E3, Surge. Uh, I was gonna say Jolt Cola, and then somebody told me that that that's still a fucking thing. Jolt Cola, has, I, has I, survived I actually saw the ravages yeah, of the time. I saw Jolt Cola made a gum. They had like a Jolt Cola. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they've I don't know if they refocused their efforts into the gum market, or if they're still doing sodas. Um, yeah, I don't know. uh, the Nintendo eShop, hmm. or uh, fuck, I don't really know what I was gonna say for the oh Zune. Okay, so your choices are E3, yeah. Surge Soda, Nintendo eShop, or Zune Marketplace. What, what's your go-to? I don't what, know. What are, you, what are you jumping I to? I don't know about Zune Marketplace, but Zune as a like actual like device and platform, I would bring back Zune. I, I can't speak to the Marketplace specifically because I never had it, but mm. I do know people that have a very fond reverence for Zunes and, and everything that came along with it. But I'm also a person who has seen a lot of technology come and go and die slow, painful death. So if it, any reason that we could introduce something back into the market, like a Zune, I would do that. And besides, Surge already had their resurgence. Like they, <laughs> they, 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 they did come back. Like it did. I don't know if it's still around now, but it did have a second chance. I, you know, I don't remember. I, yeah. I think. Oh like, yeah. We were all, we were all crazy for it. Like about five years ago, man, Surge came back on the market. We were going crazy. I, like the Mandela hey, effect in Halo, Halo Land parties, all, the whole nine yards. Okay, so like, yeah, the 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 Mandela effect of me kind of uh. like wants to associate it with uh, the uh, all female Ghostbusters reboot to kind of like didn't they do like some sort of cross promotion? Uh, what like that? And it doesn't make sense because that fucking movie didn't have Slimer. So like, I don't know. Well, wasn't Ghostbusters the Ecto Cooler? It was the Ecto Cooler with High C, but see, I feel like Coca Cola. Because here's the fucking thing: here, here, here's a media conglomerate in in consolidations for you. Fucking High C is owned by Coca Cola. Surge right. was owned by Coca Cola. So I feel like there was like some fucking figurehead. Sur- Surge was just like Ecto Cooler for cool kids. Ecto Cooler for for for, for 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 rad teens. For jaded millennials who like will no longer be able to buy a home, here's Surge. Mm-hmm. I want to bring back just to kind of throw my my uh, idea into the hat. There, I want to bring back holograms, but like the holograms that you had on like cards and comic books. Like I remember, you know, you get like a Wolverine number one hundred comic, and it had the hologram of a uh, you know him and his like a uh, you know skeleton, or you get the Marvel cards and it had the hologram. You know, like that kind of shit was dope as hell. Well, yeah, like holofoil stuff. Okay, so like, but see, I think holofoil. You mean like lenticular? Than... Well, yes, but like it where was it's never... like scratchy, like it had a texture, and then when you moved mm. it left and right. No, 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 like just straight up, just like glossy ass hologram. Okay, but just so that you and I are on the same page, so I can okay. so I can jump on board. All right, so cool. just hologram to where like it's shiny, like like that of a trading card game card, like a foil. No, not a foil. So, okay, so, so, so the, you move it back and forth, and it shows like an animation or a movement. Yes, but it's not the like lenticular where it's like the like really hard like cardboardy kind of stock. 
It was, now it was, now it was, you're it was, just describing a holographic technology that I'm not familiar with. Okay, all right. If you get a chance, look up the cover for Wolverine 100. It's the only one I remember. It says foil hologram on it is what it's listed as. Okay. But that, that right now. In my mind, that's, that's where I go. This is the hologram of the 90s. Okay. Foil cover. Yeah, foil hologram. And it doesn't really even move. It just kind of like changes like... I mean, it kind of changes a little bit, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, this is oh, people's dude, homework. Oh, yeah, this, these are... Okay, I get but, but it you because... don't, but you, but you don't see that shit anymore because it's not obviously, you know, cool now. But no. like back then? Mm, back then. Okay, you know what I call this? I call this... Because this is... I feel like this was straight up exclusive to comic books. Lisa but they did Frank do cards. stickers and cards. Yeah, Marvel cards did this. A bunch of the Marvel cards had this. Maybe it's just a comic thing. It might just be a Marvel thing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because like, but I dig it. It it's that that rainbow hue, like that. There's always that mm-hmm. weird spectrum, and like you can hit yeah. it with like fifty different angles and get like every prism that you can like imagine from color. No, th- right. okay, so this type of foil, yeah, I've never really seen it outside of car or comics. Yeah, yeah. So this is everyone's homework. That'll be our our show note. Just uh, <laughs> the death of the uh, holographic comic cover. Yeah, or, or just that that comic grade foil and like yeah i don't know like they just trying to make sure that and like it's so funny because like all of those like the resale value like the only way you can i I don't even know how much more it would cost if you fucking slab that thing with a grade not much not much yeah yeah it's like it's like i remember having funeral for a friend like that whole line of like death of superman Mm -hmm. and like i thought i was like oh this is gonna be worth so much money it ain't worth nothing. It's yeah. just because they mass produce the shit out of it. Like everyone had it. Yeah, dude. Fucking spectator market. This is like we'll, 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 we'll save that for the comic book cast, though. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah. which is still in the goddamn works, but well, it just no. We have a lot of like material for it, so that's good. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get that first episode off the ground, and then, um, real quick, if uh, you know, before we move on, I I would definitely sure. highly recommend checking out Superman Lost, the new miniseries. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's ten issues, and so far it's been very enjoyable. It's uh, like as far as introducing a new gravitas to like the the fragility of Clark Kent as a person, Superman and his human element. And the fact that, like, for as incredibly strong and as powerful as he is, like, being trapped in space and basically losing 20 years of his life within mere minutes of, like, his day-to-day normal life and, like, dealing with the consequence of that, uh, it, it's intense. I, I, I'm really digging it so far, but I kind of feeling kind of feeling like it's going to have an anticlimactic ending who knows but it's got a strong start so far hmm. and it's like a 10 issue run or yeah it's a 10 issue okay. run and first two issues are out i believe the third one might be coming out next week uh as as of this recording i don't know uh don't quote me on it but anyway uh what won't be coming out is oh. e3 <laughs> no uh, i mean but they they still have not officially said like we're done y'all Dude, right? I, right? I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we'll probably talk about it in the actual proper topic, but I, I, I don't ever remember them saying, like, nah, man, it ain't happening anymore. I, dude, at this point, like, 
uh, unless it's just going to be Hall H and all those weird, like, fucking toothbrush apps and, like, all the dingy shit that you would always... If that's all E3 is going to be, like, oh, dude. I that, like the idea of it going back just to its origins. It'll just be like a trade show in Atlanta. Like, let's let's get back to the OG, you know? Yeah, but, like, fucking... Like that that that's like shit that CES wouldn't even touch with its drop lunch, you know? Like mm. I, I, if that's like the most combed over, picked over shit that you wouldn't see at CES or GDC, I think is like the only like the only remnants of whether or not like it's gonna be it's gonna be a straight up ghost town. It's gonna be a fucking tourist trap. Like the world's largest yarn ball might see more traffic than whatever we uh imagine this year's E3 to be but I'm fairly certain like it is it is not happening. No, 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 they did can't. Yeah, no, it's announced that they it's not happening. It's so no we, longer a entity at all. Uh, it's just this year. Basically right, ESA right, yeah, yeah. were just like too many people pulled out. And so right. now, I mean we'll we'll go into more detail but essentially whether or not this is just this year or mm. if this is a sign of things to come, foreshadowing, and then whether or not, uh, you know, alternatives such as Summer Games Fest, uh, what Nintendo had uh, announced, and even uh, smaller, more, I-, I-, I would say, fast-paced showings and briefings from Microsoft and Sony, like State of Play and so on, uh, will be viable alternatives from here on out. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss that more as well as just doing our own little personal postmortem on yeah. uh, our our experience, you know, being involved with this medium and and how we feel and what E three meant to us, uh, what 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 sort of impact it's had, and I I guess what what supposed quote unquote future it may have. It, I mean. It, it, I think it really just hinges on what we see as the uh, what we see out of the alternatives that were mentioned earlier. Who knows? Anyway, uh, press pause. Radio episode one hundred and forty six. Let's uh, let's drive this bad boy. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going. So, okay, I you know I I have to ask because sure. again pop that's that's your guys that's I mean I'm like unfortunately I've kind of fallen into the bad habit of like drinking soda every now and again here and there but like one thing I've never there there are two things that I have uh, never super gave up like I I would have occasionally like one or two uh, uh-huh. would be ginger ale mainly Schweppes mm. like to and, and like even Val like we hard agree like Schweppes is the superior brand to like Canada Dry and anything else um I mean up, up here in the Midwest we're definitely I'd say Burners if, if we're going for brand brand supremacy never heard of Burners like completely oh. so Inter- see I, I guess I don't even know if it's like a ginger ale per se 
but it's always kind of like packaged amongst the Seagrams and the, you know, the, you know, the other brands, which like Seagrams, it's so funny because like, if you go super up north, it's way more common, but like right. where I'm at, yeah, Ver- Verner's definitely a regional thing for sure. Uh, but I'm kind of curious, do you guys see Haritos in in your neck of the woods? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, a little bit here and there, sure. Okay. I, I mean, just... m- m- mostly where I'm from, because we definitely have more of a um, influx of, like, uh, migrant workers and people that, you know, kind of do that sort of stuff. So I think it's more where I'm from, not maybe, like, regionally, mm-hmm. just, like, from, from my neck of the woods. Because if there was ever such a hot take that I've seen out of essentially the lack of E3 this year, it was everybody just shitting on the L.A. food truck scene and all oh. the food trucks in here. And I'm like, dude, bro, you're from – you hail from Idaho. I've heard you talk about, like, fucking uh, your, your your heyday, your prime. And I can assure you, you are going to get fucking anywhere near, like, the kind of, like, California West Coast Street taco quality that you – like, even our roach coaches – uh, could would fucking slap out of where whatever you could find or even close to as far as Mexican cuisine in goddamn Idaho. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh I don't, I don't remember I, who I, dropped that. It was like, I, fuck, dude. I, I would, I would name and shame. It, it was just such an, it, it was such right. an affront. Yeah, you guys stick with what you know, which we we know our deep fried stuff. Uh, we know y'all like elephant ears, you know, shit like that. Like, cool. We got you festival far, like, you know, like fair food and shit like that. Yeah, we're good. But we don't know nothing about anything else food wise. I, you, dude, it's just, it, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I, again, it's just the fact that like, it all has to do with the, uh, import export culture surrounding our, us as a, as a coast state. And and what we have access to, and the fact that like yeah, we're we're surrounded by all of these major peninsulas that, like, sure. yeah. I, again, no no disrespect or shit talk to the Midwest or or their quote unquote because I'm sure they're like, dude, I, I I don't fuck with California Pizza Kitchen, nor will I ever. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like that ain't mm-hmm. that ain't my deal. Uh, but you you want to come at me with like some fucking calzone or or like pizza rex like if i if i fly more west like be my guest but like yeah when we we, we gotta stay in our lane when it comes to certain culinary things yeah dude you're gonna talk shit on like some of those mean gyro and in mexican like taco trucks like eat eat whatever garbage but like no (laughs) just just know that like I, I I don't know. It, it's just funny, like, because I, I if anything I I I, I, lo- I love that... how you're trying really hard not to dig yourself into any kind of beef online with someone. <laughs> A little <laughs> like bit. You're really trying hard. Like I'm really trying to make sure I don't again instigate in some kind of I just, thing now. I just thought it was assumed that like L.A. had one of the strong and like, dude, I've I've only been to E3 twice, so just right. bear that in mind. But like, mm-hmm. I'm. Like as far as L.A. and then like everything else in regard to that, like I and I and I know what food trucks are fucking talking about. Like it, it was just funny that when that conversation kind of started and gradually started gaining speed as it was like just snowballing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 
I kind of felt like the like historic, the iconic food scene and culture uh, that is L.A. and its street food, like motherfuckers are trying to make it seem like, oh, dude, overrated, acquire taste. I'm like, you, you're just wanting to shit talk to shit talk. We get it. Like, you, you want to crap on E3? Fine. But, like, you're really going to crap on the food options that it offered? That's, like, well, a, a, I mean... a, like, guaranteed probably one of the better aspects of your trip. Or you just didn't I, do it right. Right. And I would say that, you know, it's hard to shame someone like that from the Midwest because we're already pretty shameful as it is. So, I mean, <laughs> there's not much you're really going to be able to do at that point. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I think that everyone's entitled to their opinions. Everyone's entitled to, but like, yeah, don't shit on someone else's opinion just because it doesn't like, you know, flow with yours. But I mean, w- w- from a experience perspective, would I tell someone from the West Coast they don't know how to do certain kinds of food? No. I wouldn't because I assume they are, it's like Chicago style pizza or New York style pizza. I'm not going to like question it like, uh, Philly cheesesteaks. I'm not going to question it. Like you are known for that for a reason because it is damn in the name of the food. Like if, if, if it's so relevant to that location, that's part of the name. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume they know what they're talking about. I'm going to assume they know what they're doing. So like, right. yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not even going to question it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and anything else is an opinion for the sake of having an opinion, I guess. Yeah, but like, mm. Mm, that just a little, mm, your opinion can be wrong. You can have bad opinions, and I, I will absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I will. I was really, I was trying to fish you out of there, man. But no, it's all right. no, no, no. Okay, I'll dig my heels in. Anyway, you, you jump in if you need to, man. I get it. So, I, I just figured I was curious. Um, so. I, and I know, so in the events that you have gone to California, yeah, I, I was just curious, well, I know you've done stuff for like the store that now shall not be named, like you've done some media events. Well, well, we can actually talk about it now, I would say, because I'm no longer employed there, because a lot of my experiences of, I was never at E3, but I've been to E3 adjacent things, and I've been around E3 type people mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm, i mean you can speak freely of it well i i just want to know if there were any that brought you to california where you like try to try to scope the local food scene but i i think yes we're... uh i i do have one in particular out and I'll, I'll be quick and then we can move on uh one of the gamestop managers conferences uh was in anaheim one year and they specifically had a part of the event where they had a bunch of food trucks, mm-hmm. and they all they all convened upon the like the convention center in Anaheim, which is normally where they do like BlizzCon and stuff like that. Right. Um. So that's where our conference was, and they had one night. I think it was like the opening night of the conference. They it's had the a bunch of food same, trucks. It's the exact same food truck place. So yeah, you went to the same place that I'm talking about. Go ahead. Right. And so and they had a bunch of options, and you got like. I don't know, five tickets and you can kind of go and like, you know, pick around and like pick different kinds of like cuisine, different types of food. And, you know, you had the five tickets to utilize. So, mm-hmm. and they, they had a lot of variety. I will say this was probably back in uh, 2013, maybe 2014. This is, you know, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And me, me being kind of like naive and, and not really like hip on the like vegan uh way of like food. Um, I tried some more vegan options and they were, quite good but for me at the time i was never really looking to like explore a vegan option and it's not something that was really like heavily promoted or even like readily available around my neck of the woods 
Like it wasn't a common thing where I'm from, mm-hmm. right? So so for me that was like I can try more of these vegan options because I was like I was actually curious to see like is it something I would ever like want to you know pursue or you know would I eat vegan and and you know and, and yes it was fine um, it wasn't like knock your socks off amazing but it was it was quite good and it definitely like broke some misconceptions of what I had about vegan food so if anything the the, the food and the culture definitely got me to experience something I normally don't have around my neck of the woods but I wasn't really going to actively seek out food from the area uh, now knowing what i know i definitely would have tried to look for some more like food exclusive to or well known for the area but mm-hmm. yeah i mean that, that one experience i had and, and food truck as a concept was new kind of to me like like i said we are so common with like fair food and that kind of like option mm-hmm. food trucks weren't really a big thing around here so even to have that was like kind of eye-opening for me because it is a culture it is most definitely a culture it is a way of eating it's a way of living you know, and I love how like even stuff like the foods of the food truck or the foods of the bodega, like all these like things that are very specific to a certain location geographically have become more commonplace and more kind of like sought out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely an eye opening thing for me, for sure. Well, so I, 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 I will say that in the events, especially with that on Fortunately, being a convention center that, as mentioned, BlizzCon and uh, others, Anime Expo, uh, that really use that that famous convention center in L.A., uh, mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully you guys can spread and share the love because there's, there's, there's quite a wide spectrum. Like, really expand your palettes. But um, sure. with that being said, uh, kind of light on... I think what's in your console. I mean, we. I, I feel we can go and save that for 147, especially with the other yeah. gang. Uh, kind of talk about Res 4, the remake, and then our thoughts on the Street Fighter demo, because uh, which is weird. Uh, Andrew and I were actually just kind of, you know, exchanging some words on it, and like this game is fucking around the corner, like June 3rd, but like this demo is very bare bones. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. it was a little surprise. Uh, and then I, I was assuming that there was, cause I seen so much, I, 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 I seen a lot of, uh, just wild things being done with it. And then apparently it was the beta that, that I was kind of, uh, going off of and the demo and the beta are two wildly different things. So weird. Is, yeah. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I figured we can go ahead and go into a quick history and then just kind of talk about like how E3 sort of just kind of grew into the mainstream consciousness. Like it, it became like a thing that even people that were very casual or like somewhat cursory with video games can uh, kind of recall or at least were, were somewhat familiar if they ever heard it. They, they had a general idea like how it came to that point and just the the peaks and valleys of this little fucking trade show event. So, 
and and Andrew, I don't know what video game magazines. I'm assuming just you know in the last uh, 15 years that we've known mm. each other and done this. I, I'm assuming Electronic Gaming Monthly, but I don't know just like uh like how how often or how many you grabbed as a kid. Uh, my my big two, EGM and Game Pro. Yeah, big Game Pro guy for sure. Um, always enjoyed the rating system with the exploding head guy. Um. <laughs> Which I, we we kind of dove into that one episode, didn't we? Wasn't that a uh... that was a long like an old? I'd actually like to revisit because it's funny. Dude, I, I, but d- didn't we talk about like the person? Like we we knew someone that wrote there. Yeah, we know quite a few. Like uh, Dan. Uh, but, but, uh, okay, go ahead. Well, no, uh, Dan, who who's recorded uh, several shows with like Laser Time or whatnot of Dan Electro and his wife, uh, Miss Spell. Uh, like mm-hmm. they both wrote there, um, Major Mike. I forget. Like that's his uh, pen name there. No, we, we've we've come quite a, uh, across quite a few. I've, I'm only uh, mainly myself. I've I've just come across uh, EGM aficionado like Greg Seward and CJ and uh, Phil Theobald and Milky and Dan Shu and Crispin Boyer. Like that, as far as like my personal ties and the uh, connections that I've built, it's been mainly with that staff, not so much Game Pro. Mm, uh, okay. Cause I thought we knew someone that like wasn't there like a wasn't it wasn't Sushi X? What was the? No, Sushi X is an EGM thing. And... Is it an EGM thing? Yes. I thought it was Game Pro. Okay. No, and then like that—that's just an inside joke that they threw around. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah Sean right, Baby. Right. Yeah. No, dude. Everybody that we did make mo- a lot of connections with were EGM that's because like Alum, yeah yeah most of like people who were involved with game pro they've all moved on practically to development nearly every single mm-hmm. one of them um okay. like and that like that'll be in and of itself a, a little neat episode to kind of dig into because i actually came into possession of over 400 issues between game pro egm game players and uh so on like uh so that'll be a nice uh it's funny i've been seeing people do twitches of let's read <laughs> of old video game magazines yeah i did where they just uh they they have a uh, just a streaming setup right over their desk and they just turn the page and follow along i'm like that's that's bizarre but all right um uh, i just know i know savaldi's been like giving away a lot of like back issues like through their patreon yes so i would definitely shout that out too yes absolutely in fact um I have a few like definitely extras that I still need to. They're they're very heavy media. Like and granted, I can get the the the, the media mail discount, but it, they're fucking heavy. So it's just a matter of like right and like it, technically it's a donation, so I can write it off. But like I'm I'm shit with my taxes anyway. Um, no, but the reason why I brought it up is right, and, and I do have a comment on that too. But no, yeah, no, go um, for it. You, no, I, I was just going to say, it kind of, like, makes me think, like, we definitely have such a fondness for the game magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was just kind of curious. I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the air, and if, if it's not something we can discuss on the air, feel free to stop me. Um, you've written for a game magazine. Uh, I have. and Right. That... I, I, I guess that experience of maybe not the relationship or, you know, whatever, and I won't name names or name any publications if you don't want me to. I guess just that experience of like contributing to a magazine must have been kind of a cool thing, especially being such a fan of magazines, you know, from our, you know, our, our experiences. Yeah. I, to be fair, like as far as the more 
relevant. Uh, they're because they're not really. I mean, the closest thing would be EGM, and like even then, like current entity of EGM uh, mm-hmm. that's currently led by Molly. Um, right. She's mainly just. It's mainly just the website. Like the print has kind of taken a hiatus, but like the brand and the editorial staff, they're very much still working and still getting paid towards that. Mm-hmm. And then Retro Gamers, uh, which is mainly a European uh, joint. And like, funny enough, I've been trying to work out pitches and do a piece with Nick Thorpe, editor in chief there. Um, it, it It is definitely a wildly different climate to where uh, the, the sort of thing that you'd appreciate like magazines and enthusiast hobbies and mediums like just covering wild wacky shit uh just because like like the pitch just sounded neat for print um it it isn't so much the wild west where everything is just like we like have to be very careful of what we fit in a print to make sure like basically like it it needs to be a page turner like we we don't want to take chances so it it's just funny. And then like even then, like the closest thing that EGM's doing with print is the uh complimentary uh gaming publication. I, I forget the name of it, Game Center, uh that you get from uh Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the EGM staff is currently writing that. Um but as far as when we'll see another EGM issue proper again, I don't know. Um right. but uh, I, I, and then there's been like other kickstarted efforts and we can go into that. There's, there's still like quite a few and I'm sure like, uh, by the end of the episode, I'll try to show note or name drop some of them. Um, the reason why I brought this up is that in the early, early, like in the 16 bit era, uh, any, any sort of just companies and consumer trade shows that kind of highlighted went into new releases, uh, was all done at CES, which is still very much a thing. It is still like, except CES is now, uh, like I I don't think there's anything really video game related. It's all microwaves. Yeah, <laughs> or, and, or or and, Samsung and refrigerators, refrigerators yeah. or right. fucking um, Michael Bay just losing his shit on stage. Uh, Jesus God, I, I I really that that's definitely going to the show notes. That fucking <laughs> pompous prick. Um, but yeah, it was CES that was really what, uh, commanded or or what video games kind of occupied, but it was getting to the point where as video games grew, like the resurgence, like to where it was once a dead market now, like currently seeing a resurgence. And then you, you saw names like Atari trying to get back in the fold with the Jaguar, uh, as well as Trip Interactive with the 3DO and and like it wasn't just Nintendo and Sega uh, at, at that point. Uh, NEC with the Turbo Graphics. Um, there was a lot going on. Now, granted, um, with the gradual transition into the fifth generation, um, with the 32-bit consoles, and then Sony also uh, getting in the mix. Uh, the first inaugural E3 was uh, 1995, and it's funny enough, at the very first E3 is still like one of the most talked about moments ever that really kind of, again, 
really punctuated, uh, you know, this unfortunate subculture of fanboyism and like brand supremacy, but with uh, Sony kind of entering the fray with a PlayStation and heading for release uh, alongside Sega and then Nintendo, of course, kind of pulling behind and really just going into it with the Virtual Boy and the SNES because the quote-unquote Ultra 64 uh, wasn't until uh, 96, um, we were treated to the first big moment, um, which again, uh, very, very limited footage, definitely, like I think there's some uh, efforts that have been able to restore it where, where again, it was only used for press purposes because there was no... as far as video features and and other stuff, that was all really limited. I know GamePro had, um, on expanded cable networks, had a, a syndicated show for a bit, uh, GamePro TV. But I don't know if that mm-hmm. lasted well into the late 90s. I think at some point they shelved it. Um, first big moment was uh, representative for Sony. Uh, they immediately started their keynote just dropping the price which was a hundred dollars cheaper than the sega saturn which already had a really hard sell of like four hundred dollars which like was fucking buku like huge um but also the shadow drop which uh it that is the first e3 shadow drop just without the convenience of digital distribution you had to fucking drive over to your KB Toys and Toys R Us and you have better have done it soon because KB Toys was fucking pissed and they're like, fuck it, we're not carrying it anymore. Uh, like, what the fuck are all these pallets and shit doing here? What is all this stuff, man? Yeah, dude, it was... Uh, I, I, I ain't gonna sign for the shipment. I just, I find it hilarious that Shadow Drop... I You figured that would be more of a, a, a modern thing given, like, the overexposure to information at your fingertips like in this day and age but like fucking like where you had to rely on scheduled tv broadcast or newspapers or like editorial back then it was unheard of like there's like there's no way happened it did and it set a precedent not only for the shadow drop but the uh the one-upsmanship you know the announcing the price drop or you know announcing like this is better than your thing you know, I mean, it, and it's been a tradition that they've adhered to ever since. Which, Jesus, dude. Um, and it's funny, too, because I think what really inspired uh, a lot of it, uh, and people don't really know this, but what kind of inspired, aside from the fact that there was dwindling space um, at CES, is... Um, with a lot of again the the dominance of the video game market being from Japanese manufacturers and developers, uh, there was also Tokyo Game Show, which was actually gearing up for launch in '96. So uh, essentially, you had like the West trying to again be as as far behind as we were in that regard we were still for all intents and purposes the biggest market mm-hmm. so it it's just wild to me that again in order to remain relevant and kind of just ensure that there was um 
something that was done. And this was all through, I mean, we talk about the ESA, but there was uh, another before it splintered off because E3 grew and we'll get to that. There was the CESA, Computer Entertainment Suppliers Association, which E3 was initially, again, uh, born out of and was a part of. Uh, and, you know, like any other entity that's operating within a uh, ecosystem of sorts, there's definitely a uh, a larger association or collabor- like a, a collaborative uh, committee that kind of oversees it. Um, but yeah, E3 had some fairly humble beginnings that we we really in our youth and in our prime we we didn't get exposure to beyond magazines or like random like newspaper articles like i know like like those outlets were covering it at that time uh i know famously there's several people in the uh games media industry that got their start at e3 like a lot of the giant bomb like x giant bomb guys like would talk about their first experiences of E3 where they wrote for like their newspaper, like their like town newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's how they got that's how they got their end, you know. And I think wasn't it like Patrick Klepik, like a uh, guy that covered E3, and he was like a miner at the time. Yeah, it. But he got he got you know. So, but like this, like obviously, yeah, like the credentials were not really the thing. I think that for anyone in the media industry, going to E3 is kind of like a rite of passage. It's like it solidifies your presence, mm-hmm. right? But back then it was like, well, someone needs to cover this. You know, it wasn't like a status thing at the time. Like, like it, it eventually became. Well, no. And like, at, again, it was totally the Wild West. Um, right. Video games, again, while they were definitely becoming bigger in, in terms of the, the, the general zeitgeist of pop culture and the entertainment surrounding it, it was still like not as big of a piece of the pie as it is today. Um, it, it definitely kind of snowballed going into, uh, as we kind of neared the, the sixth generation. Um, cause like in 96, basically, uh, Sega just, to kind of recover in the fact that like they were basically shelving the Saturn early West side, even though it was doing gangbusters and then some in Japan, uh, they just, they opted out. They, they wanted to focus their efforts while they could now on Tokyo game show uh, with the Saturn, but also kind of prepare for project Katana, which would later become the Dreamcast. And then uh, I, I kind of want to just talk to you about like, at what point do you think, the shift in E3 went from the humble trade show. And I don't want to say humble because there was definitely a lot of spectacle to it. It's just, it was so restrained to those within the industry. Uh, At some point, Mm. the demographic that it was catering to as like, like the curtains were kind of pulled back and they were invited to see more and more. When do you feel like that giant shift into it becoming this massive marketing vehicle where like fucking like, like you're seeing specials on MTV for Perfect Dark Zero and so on. Um, when do you feel like that shift happened? I don't think I noticed the difference uh, until like the 360 PS3 and Wii era. I think that's probably when I was maybe more paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. It's very possible it happened the iteration of systems prior to it, but I I know me personally, that's when I started to pay attention. I think like. 
I don't even remember, like, uh, you, you had sent that article before recording, kind of like some, like, E3 moments, mm-hmm. and they talked about how big of a deal, like, the Halo 3 launch was for E3, and I don't even necessarily remember that. Like, I remember, like, GTA 4, and, you know, Peter Moore with the tattoo on his arm, I remember. Yes, that's what I'm you talking know, about, though. Those like, are... I, I, I think that's when it kind of, like, started becoming, like, more of, like, the, uh, like, it being, like, the destination. You know, but I don't really recall the the generation before it. But I know it was probably there. I just didn't notice it as a fan or as a consumer until the 360 era. Well, like, and it's like at that point, like the marketing just it it just became like I feel like the pageantry was no longer like a uh, a benchmark, but a standard. Um, right, right. And it was expected. It, and and there's so many things like. And and a lot of it just kind of like lives in the back of our heads as like these just very isolated, very contained memories. Like, uh, mm-hmm. fucking Miyamoto just coming on stage with like a Hylian shield and sword and was just like Twilight Princess, but like not even Twilight Princess. Like just very rough, like cutting room floor footage of fucking like what it would eventually become. Uh, Twilight Princess, and then like not even prior to that when we got Wind Waker, um, mm. and that was oh no 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 actually I take that back it was the reveal for Twilight Princess in a in a more complete form I'm I'm mixing two different events but yeah just coming out on stage people just like just losing their absolute minds and that's another thing too where like again because. I, I think it kind of got a little bit more removed from like it's uh it, it's still very much for what it was and what it mostly continued to be until the later years, which we'll get into. It was, again, mostly for the industry, not only as far as for other developers in attendance to kind of see what the competition's working with or just kind of see where gaming was going in general from their peers and, and slash competitors. But again, media uh, they were the only ones that were there firsthand, and like there's this argument as far as um, you know, sport box journalism. Uh, mm. I forget the um, the specific term for it, where uh, no cheering in the press box. That's the uh, the unspoken term, and like kind of just showed the the just the the juvenilism of games journalism as far mm-hmm. as like, I don't, I don't want to say immaturity, but I want to say just like the, I, I would say just like kind of pointed and, and like showed the cracks because like these were things that like were addressed in other uh, entertainment media and in journalism kind of address. Like you got to kind of keep a, an objective, uh, position towards anything and just kind of just you know, report just the facts and kind of address it. And yet there was, I, I feel like the marketing machine kind of influenced journalism to the point where like it, it really hyped and created the, the fanboy hype machine that we really saw in the early aughts, especially in, in forums, like when the mm-hmm. internet was becoming bigger and bigger. Um, I, I want to say I that feel was... like also I feel like also like that mentality. I think it was kind of twofold. Like you did have like the fanboy kind of aspect of like 
like we're going to be like particular about one brand or one company mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. But I do also feel like you had a lot of people in the industry that became very jaded and, and kind of just like lost its, like a lot of it for them, like it lost its like, you want to be wild. You want to be like, you know, like blown away. You want to be excited. And I think you got so like, just like, I don't know, kind of burnt out by the whole thing that you just didn't really care anymore. And like, that's not what that show was about. You know, like you need to be excited and like, like that, like you as someone covering it, you need to like convey that excitement, you know? But then I think obviously that was not necessarily once it got to a mainstream uh, appeal, you didn't really need that anymore. Like you had, you could watch the trailers yourself. You could watch it live streaming. You could watch it on G4 or whatever the case may be. Like, you know, and through its various iterations. Right. Like, it, like it was no longer, you required their assistance to be excited. You could be excited on your own, but for the longest time you had to, that was your only like medium, you know, to like get excited about the stuff. And, and I just, I feel like some people did it well and some people didn't, you know, and that's a, I don't know. Just comes down to like how much you get out of your job and what you were doing, I guess. Right, but yeah, like Peter Moore. Uh, it's funny that you brought that up because again, and mm -hmm. like, just how many camps he made the shift to. Like, this was the dude that really led the charge with the Dreamcast. The dude, the mastermind right. behind nine nine nineteen ninety nine, uh, and and just fucking really hyping the ever loving shit out of it uh, through E three. Uh, like branching out, like Limp Biscuit fucking made an appearance at like the year two thousand. Like celebrities were getting involved. I mean, so many infamous, like the uh two thousand two launch of the GameCube. You have mm -hmm. fucking Bob Odenkirk and David Cross playing uh Smash Brothers. Uh, I I think you we also got Jason Alexander <laughs> playing GameCube. Yeah, and like. You know, and and like what's funny to me is that like these were, these were personalities that made total and complete sense. Like, if you were like in super inside baseball and you really just followed like the the celebrity scuttlebutt and whatnot, like Jason Alexander, uh, made it a point to like include some fucking ridiculous video game, uh, prop, like in George's apartment, like in so many different seasons of Seinfeld, like the fucking mm -hmm. virtual boy is in Seinfeld. So like, that makes perfect Jesus. sense to me, but like it, it, it's just the shift where again, like these, like, I don't, I don't really know what Fred Durst is even doing now, but like, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, like him being like the, the face of fucking Sega net and like their efforts to like market and launch, like, online networking and like this all going through e3 is still just wild um but yeah i, I would want to say the early aughts to me that was the big shift but yeah now we're getting into the 360 and like mm. microsoft fucking spared no expense uh giant mtv like they you i mean it, it would be i i don't know again i'm no gaming historian uh, and I, I've, I'm doing shotgun research here just based on my personal memories and whatnot. Uh, apologies. But I, I would like to believe that, like, one of the biggest, like, as far as massively televised launch events uh, was the 360. And it was done through an exclusive deal with MTV. And, like, there, like, you saw, like, 
the first world premiere footage of fucking Perfect Dark Zero, as well as like other like flyby launch titles that like nobody remembers, like fucking Gun. Do you remember Gun had a 360 port? I do, absolutely. Um, So at that point, where, because like, I I would say around here, again, and a lot of it has to do with the internet and the avenue of being able to stream. Um, Because you mentioned again with uh, even prior to the creation of Giant Bomb, there's GameSpot. And GameSpot Mm -hmm. was like at the forefront pioneering video coverage and content. Like from from all of those dudes, uh, they not only did like a uh, you know their their commentary after the fact and kind of did their own retelling and did what they can to uh, capture it, but they did what they also tried to do to stream and capture like that keynote that would have right. been done for these big companies. Right, and and that's kind of like for me, like that's like to talk about like memories of E three, like. And uh, we'll circle back around to it, I'm sure. But, like, that was, like, the number one for me. It was always, like, the giant bomb after E3 stuff. Like, that was just an institution. You know, like, that. that's the kind of stuff I watched. Like, I, I got more excited about that than I did the actual show or the presentation. You know, because it created this culture of, like, you knew what you were getting into after E3 was wrapped up. Like, you knew what the, like, you know, what they were covering. Like, they became known for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, kind of nice that it kind of, like, it, it created new ideas new like people in the industry just from those events like people actually like made their careers off that kind of stuff you know which is wild to think right and i also think as far as what they again what they set a standard for not only Mm -hmm. in just the exposure and coverage but as far as the objectivity again like no cheering in the sport box uh, or in the press box. Sorry, I keep saying sport box. Like, fucking, like, it's a shitty uh, energy drink. Um, but the no cheering in the press box uh, mentality of, like, just kind of just giving their own, like, personal affectations at the end of it. But mainly just kind of wanting to, like, do what they can to to just not necessarily, like, they weren't there to drum up hype. They were there to share their opinion, their thoughts, mm-hmm. and, like, keep it like keep it as objective as they could, but just simply just kind of report the facts or just like do a play by play in the best way they could as if you were there yourself. Um, I think at that point it it was also what really kind of became an institution for just games media. Uh, Because even then for the longest, like it's still to this day, no one takes games media as seriously as they should, but Uh, at that point, like there was, I I think as far as some of those, um, fr- the, the early uh, examples of coverage from again those outlets that I had mentioned prior up into the aughts, I mean, they became unwitting hype machines, and then like even I I mean I'd be lying to you if I said that that wasn't like they're there's going to be someone out there being a hype machine. I we're guilty of it. You and all of us, but as okay. far, as far as, um, kind of trying to, uh, you know, disseminate, like see through the spectacle, see through the pageantry and kind of just report on like what we would expect out of the medium in that coming year. Um, 
I, I think at that point it became really important because, and this is where I think E3 just started kind of losing, kind of became less grounded, is it just really leaned into the pageantry. It, it just like went hard into Simpsons season episode 12 shenanigans. Like it was, it was no longer like this blue collar industry event. It was shit where fucking animals and live acts and celebrity appearances it 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 was just a goddamn event uh that video games happen to be at do do you feel like i mean do you feel like there's a place for that though maybe not e3 but do you feel like there is a place for that because i don't necessarily want to say that you need to get away from that entirely because i still think there's a lot there from a fan perspective to like witness and be a part of but I, obviously, you don't want to be as someone that covers the industry or covers games to be swayed by that, you know, that presentation. But like the- as a, as a consumer, I still I still want that. I mean, I, I know it's it can be easy to like get hyped over a game because of the pageantry, and then find out when the game comes out, like oh, this was hyped up, you know, like Evolve or you know whatever game you want to throw in there because like that that's like the most notable one for me. Um, but I still think it has a place. I still think I want that. Oh yeah, no, I don't want it completely removed. I want okay, it. Okay, I okay. I just I think like it's that's why I use my Simpsons twelve analogy, like dude, at some point like in the in the first ten seasons like Homer goes to space like they they jump the shark but like they do it in a way where like I I don't know there was some reservation like there's moderation to it if you were to ask me like where would you prefer as an avenue for like the grand scale spectacle or whatnot. Uh, if you were to ask me, like, would you prefer it E3 or the Games Awards? Like, E3 will always win because, like, there I feel like it's more appropriate. The spectacle sort of detracts from, like, the real-life aspect of awarding the accomplishments and work of those who uh, are, are being commemorated there. You know what I mean? So, that like, that to me is where I feel like the spectacle definitely diminishes, like, the, the intent. But as far as I think it's just it became a thing where like E3 and the organization of it by the ESA and even to the effect of like the the big main presenters, be it like Nintendo, Sony or Microsoft, uh, it it just became about not necessarily letting the content do its talking, but being larger than life to the point where like you can grab onto attention long enough to where the content just so happens to get noticed. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? To an extent. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. 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 So, hmm. I mean, so we're, we, we kind of just did a jump ship. I mean, we're, we, we've already gone past the first 10 years of E3. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, it definitely jumped quite a bit. I mean, because like there, there are moments like the Halo 2 launch or uh just the the reveal of the fucking Xbox. Uh that was another one with Bill Gates and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's uh, kind of wild I don't remember a lot of that stuff. I don't know if I was even really following I the want you that to, much back then. I, you know? I want you to Google right now. Just please Google the unveiling of the Xbox, like the prototype image of the Xbox. I just need you to look Ooh. at it. Alright. I'm on it. And like this is like is Rock still active at that point? Uh yeah. Oh yeah, he's still active. Okay. I don't remember when he was the Scorpion King, 
but like I my memory kind of wants to like again bundle all of that together. But like the first unveiling of the Xbox is just fucking wild because Bill Gates is like, we're we're gonna do video games, and like he comes out with this podium, and it, the only thing that you can think of is just like like the fucking aggro crag, but as a like a giant consumer like elect piece of oh, electronics. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like Mike O'Malley is gonna tell me to get into like a fucking neon color jumpsuit and tell me to climb a slime covered mountain as I wear this yellow helmet and just like that that's the only way to get the aggro crap like it it it's I, I, unwieldy. I, 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 and I like how like I'm I'm just looking up images and how like how dominant the hoodie under sports jacket look was very like a thing back then. Oh yeah, dude, like I dude, Phil, Phil 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 Spencer's even doing that nowadays, but it's like game shirt under jacket. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. I'm guilty of it. Like that was my GDC look. Like uh it's funny, I didn't uh, go to GDC this year, but like uh uh I was talking to a friend of the show, Alyssa, uh who mm-hmm. uh editor in chief over at Game Developers. Um their significant other uh was going to GDC, I think for the first time or maybe second time, but not for a long while. Cool. And then like yeah, and they were just going over like just how common this look was, this wardrobe, and I'm like, and that's nothing. I want you to count how many pairs of wingtip shoes you see. It just made me realize, like, I do not have any, any, not a single pair, and I have come underdressed. Wingtip shoes is that the hotness now? I thought it was the penny loafers. Oh, oh man, every GDC oh, okay. wingtip shoes oh. to the left of me and to the right of me. Um, mm. fuck, man. Uh, well. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was going somewhere with this. Um, at some point, like like the hype machine, the marketing was there, but like we're getting into the late aughts, into the 2010s, and like shit's getting wild, like now to say the least. We've we've also kind of like again, Microsoft is wildly doing like gangbusters, like into the effect like Nintendo is kind of just like the novelty of the Wii is diminishing. Uh, mm. Sony has not really recovered from cause horizon. Like you want to talk about like it it it's so funny to me like the uh. <laughs> uh being the hero long enough until you become the villain but like <laughs> uh-huh. just the hubris of like the inaugural e3 sony came in there like with humble pricing and just the fucking jump shift into the start of that generation and launching uh the playstation 3 at 700 goddamn dollars mm-hmm. and kazurai going on stage and in even subsequent interviews after the keynote making such a bold statements of one that will fucking live forever with me because I still feel like even to this day and age, every out of touch CEO just has, will just be so fucking brazen to say something this stupid. Whereas it's like the Sony PlayStation consumer, like our brand fans, like our fan base is so loyal. 
they will get a second job just mm. to be able to because they know what they're getting and they and we like they know just how superior we are that will always live with me and that was that was an e3 moment as well mm-hmm. and then i think eventually got picked up again by xbox one reveal and like just that like just like tone deaf like response and and pitch all together oh well yeah so it's funny enough too um because Sony, like, really just had to play damage control. Like, while yes. I, I think it's... The PlayStation 3 was still significant, and I'll, like, I'll defend it. It's just, it's so weird, because, like, it... <laughs> like, I, I feel like it had variations of its own Wii U stumbles, and then it will also reach that, like, cultural cycle of, like, being beloved again, like, years later. Uh, much mm. like the Wii U is currently now. Uh, well, not beloved, but like definitely, like people are like, oh, you know, kind of. I think we came it a much harder time than we should have. Um, but yeah, at that point, uh, we we got right back to personalities. Uh, we're we we skipped other some other hallmarks, but like Reggie Fizeme, uh, has already kind of become like the spokesperson. Uh, for Nintendo, at least in the West, uh, has already like gone viral with shit like "my body is ready" and like other fucking nonsense, and like even then, kind of just become this larger than life personality. Sony uh, trying to keep up the fact that like they don't have like uh, a Phil Spencer or uh, a Peter Moore or a Reggie fils uh, threw their weight behind Kevin Butler, who also made his fucking uh, debut in E3, and then became, like, a fairly successful hype machine for Sony, I think. Like, I, I think that dude really did more for PlayStation 3 and um, PSP than most people give credit for. Mm. Um, but yeah, now we're getting to... Uh, again, E3 is still very much a important presence but we have uh the playstation 4 um yes. that just and so i and i think for me this is where i like i guess my ties to the industry my exposure to the industry was at it's like all-time high so like this this launch the games everything about this was where i was like most like ingrained into like e3 the culture the reveals like this is where i was like really invested at this point in time for me personally. And then I, I kind of like want to broach your thoughts. Cause again, this is like the fourth time right. that I've seen this happen again. The first one being the 360 with that MTV uh, launch special. This is the second time we've seen something like this done where Sony uh, in the early start of the year, um, mm. it was February of 2013 they did an exclusive keynote. They streamed it and again press and this is something that was completely removed from E three. Um what did you personally think of that? Aside from like just the impressions and like just being excited for Well, and I guess would this kind of be like a, a place where they started kind of doing their own like reveals outside of an E three and outside of a Right. Right, yeah. I mean it definitely was 
it was interesting because I didn't really know how to take it at first, you know, like I, I, I didn't think that you got announcements that time of the year. And I think this even predates like game awards and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so this was kind of like an unprecedented thing because you, you had to wait till the summer to get the reveals and then you wait all year for the next round. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting it directly from, you know, these, these, these providers, these teams. And, you know, it, it didn't really have the gravitas. It didn't have the weight of an E3 until you kind of knew what they were setting up and what they were doing. By the time you didn't know. Right. Um. So, so for me, yeah, I mean, maybe didn't like excite me or pick up the momentum at first, but over time, absolutely. It started to really start. You would expect an announcement. You would expect a, uh, you know, and, and, and not an industry event dictating when you make announcements. And that was pretty exciting. Yeah. I, and like, again, like, this is where uh, we saw a different side of Sony too, where like the exact opposite of like the cause Harai hubris. You, right. you saw like a more humble side with Mark Cerny uh, being like one of the lead uh, lead personalities in the uh, unveiling and kind of just going over essentially what they wanted to do and, uh, set aside it wasn't until mm. essentially later that year because they teased and kind of just did a little bit that they unveiled the console and built up so e3 was still an important platform but we, right exactly we were starting to see to where um e3 was the uh quote-unquote like finale of like certain uh projects or announcements not necessarily the uh beginning. beginning or the hallmark right right so yeah yeah um and you know and i think also like at that time i mean like you said in the past like sony had a lot of ground to cover they had a lot of uh goodwill to earn you know, back good goodwill to earn yeah absolutely and i think they they did just that i i you know talking about people that are kind of in charge like sean Layden definitely was like that personality, that person, you know, and who I think now currently in, in our current affairs, I'd say like a Phil Spencer, mm-hmm. like someone that is like not giving you the jargon, not giving you the sales pitch. Like this is like kind of just like brass tacks, you know, like we're just going to talk about the very, you know, relatable things. Like we're going to come at you from that. Like we're not going to talk over you. You know, we're going to kind of keep it, you know, as casual as you can ultimately, I think. And I think that was a good good investment on their part to do that. And I think that maybe addressing fans as part of your community, not as just potential buyers like that, that relationship had to be struck up. I think like that you are a part of this development. You're part of this team. Mm. You work, we're a community, right? I think that once they established that and laid the groundwork for that, I don't think it's being a fanboy. I just think that it's, it, it's giving you incentive to be like, along for the ride as they release this stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but I think it also like appreciates your, your dedication and loyalty, like to their brand. You know, I I think brand loyalty is not a bad thing as long as it's not exploited. You know, if if, if it's celebrated, I'm okay with it. Right. I don't want it to be something that's used against you, but I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that as long as it's beneficial for both parties. Right. And, and, And that's where I saw that. I think that to me, like that's where all that started. Like, and it even got to the point where, you know, you know how it's been for however long, 
the you know my console of choice is better than your console of choice my platform of choice is better than yours i mean it's still but, ongoing it's just now it it seems more nonsensical than ever because there are like more than ever the climate has never been more marginal than it is now but but i will say i, I think in my opinion though as of the xbox one and ps4 coming out although it was heated for a little bit there when it first started i think you eventually got to a place where they weren't necessarily going at each other's throats it was like Sony's trying to play nice, you know, somewhat with the other two. Xbox is playing nice with uh, Nintendo. Xbox is playing nice with Sony. Like we're getting to that point. I feel it's like honestly that came later it's like, because, like, there, dude, do you? Yes, okay. Because, dude. Okay, so same three, we okay. have the unveiling of the PlayStation Four, and then uh, again, this is where Microsoft in, instead. Uh, of it being rumored, this is where they're saving like their big reveal of the one. And <laughs> yeah, it did, and it is all bad. It was. It did not do well. The biggest again, Sony uh, sort of repeated history here. Not only did they undercut the Xbox One by a hundred bucks, where the PlayStation Four was going to uh, launch at four hundred bucks, uh, but uh the DRM that was originally planned for the one uh they did a really cheeky fucking uh video where they <laughs> they just they wanted to do a demonstration of how used games would work on the PlayStation 4 and <laughs> they they just put a game in the console and like done this is how you share your games on PS4 Thanks. Right. And, and, you know, and I think that was cheeky, you know, that was kind of just like, but do you think it was like spiteful? Do you think Absolute, it was like, dude, was... they, they exploited every fumble that Microsoft has made as far as the public perception of the one and these, again, these very drastic changes that I don't think would have done any sort of service for the Xbox. Like, they, they, it, it was more than poking fun, dude. No, they were, they were, getting a foothold in, in this. Like, uh, I mean, yes, they, they did. But I, I guess the way that I saw it was, it was them having a little bit of fun with their unfortunate misfortune and miscalculation. But it wasn't as bad as like people telling, uh, you know, Don Maddox to, or whatever his last name was to like, you know, threatening him like actual physical harm. You know, like stuff like that, right? You know, o over what they were doing. So I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I didn't see any real harm in it. But yeah, I guess from a business perspective, they definitely were definitely getting a, a an edge on them from that for sure. Well, yeah, and then like talk about fucking out of touch, dude. The Don Maddox era of like, and and granted, this is dude. This is a guy who is like, I, I still think there's a lot of merit to the connect. Had. It, should I did I think they should have leaned as hard as they did? Like no. no. And and then again, especially where the tech wasn't completely there. And you want to talk about the marketing machine, the hype machine, the spectacle, the celebrity endorsements, like none more obnoxious than like the efforts to really showcase and and, and again, where the connect already didn't have like the penetration or like I I would say the the goodwill of like a proper successor that I should have like just 
it, it already kind of had a negative public perception, honestly. Uh, and it just mm-hmm. its successor being forced on you with like the uh, succeeding console that is the Xbox One, it being required, even if you plan on never using it, just you needing to have fucking wire and real estate in your entertainment center to accommodate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then again, the DRM. Oh, I don't know. It, it was not as cheeky. And then, like, I, I think since that 2013 E3, uh, Microsoft has spent countless years playing catch-up. And it wasn't until they, again, made uh, some of the relations that they did with Nintendo and, like, working to address backwards compatibility and Games Pass and the importance of that. To the point where, really, like I, I'm surprised that they, like the Series X and the Series S isn't is, isn't doing as well as it should, just by virtue of like the way Sony's been managing everything and the PlayStation Five as of late. But then, like, like that's a whole different topic and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, like it's at this point, like it. I, I feel as though E3 has definitely became, and what's funny is it wasn't even so much about the demonstrations of the show floor and the impressions, which again, we had to get that second hand from uh, some of those trusted outlets like Giant Bomb or uh, Kotaku or IGN or whatnot. And, and then them just giving these uh, secondhand accounts, uh, not just from the, uh, keynotes but like what they experience on the floor uh e3 just kind of became divided in as a trade show to where the first half of it was just game trailers and like announcements and then the second half of it was uh just hands-on impressions of like what may have been shown and whether or not it was available to experience um where there was such a much larger emphasis on these keynotes uh in the uh late aughts to just the last decade um what do you, how do you feel about that shift to where like you know to the point where like there were uh like live commentaries live reactions like being streamed alongside these mm, I, I don't partake in those as much personally um i think that for me, like just watching the event unfold and, and kind of like experiencing it without the commentary is is ideal for me. I I love the recaps. Mm-hmm. And I I love the uh, like collectively like what were your thoughts of the day, um, you know, or going back and watching the trailers and kind of just like recapping you know, myself. Um, yeah, I, I I the 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 kind of like watching over the events as they unfold. I, I've never personally gotten super into those. Um, I guess. For me, it's just like it. I guess I I'd always want to experience that like amongst friends. Like if I'm going to watch over a streaming like event, I would rather watch it with someone I know, you know, or watch it like you know like at, at the house with like you know friends or, or family or whomever. Um, watching someone else talk over it, not so much. I mean, if anything, I appreciate that they do it because then they'll like clip it later and I'll watch those reactions later, but not like as of like the actual streaming itself. Like at the time of, I I wouldn't say that's not really my thing. Yeah, and you know, it's funny too is, um, and you all might wildly disagree with me, but here's what it is. I think if anybody saw the writing on the wall more before anyone else did, it was Nintendo. 
because uh, Nintendo, mm. I would say the mo- the last notable E3, like the one where uh, essentially they had and put a lot of stock into their presence and presentation, uh, was the Wii U. Like, because pro- prior it was Project Cafe, and again, lots of scuttlebutt and just very limited. I Nintendo's always been insanely hush hush with anything they do with their development R and D, but. Um, it was there where like they, they went all out and, um, prior to that, essentially just again, trying to build steam, um, Mm. they, they kind of shifted their Nintendo space world, uh, presentations that, uh, Nintendo power had original or or organized. They got, um, basically corporate and everyone in management involved, Iwata, uh, at anyone you can think of that was a, a force there, Reggie, um, with directs happening and them being as like current as they are on them, um, they just really—I don't want to say treated E3 like an afterthought, but really just uh, treated E3 like the, the season finale of Nintendo Directs. They uh, did—they just fucking had fun with it, like whether it was just gaudy presentations of uh like people just making jokes about like when is earthbound uh or one of three getting localized and reggie just burning someone alive and that being recreated by fucking seth green of robot chicken of all things Mm -hmm. or that one year where like we're just gonna do everything but we're muppets like fucking uh unveiling uh star fox like they it, it just they they saw the writing on the wall before anybody else like this this event is more of like a pageantry of uh, of the games industry like it is um it is the gala that's the best way right. i can really think it it is like the met gala of video games and it's be- it's of relevancy is waning because the met gala is i mean at this point just a just a weird elitist thing in pop culture among celebrities and who's not to say that e3 kind of wasn't shifting that way yeah, and I think that also it used to be like that was like like I had mentioned like you didn't have reveals unless it was E3. You had to wait kind of all year before they started revealing everything, but then like you said with Sony's, you know, kind of like event prior to E3, they kind of set the precedent of we're going to do reveals on our own time frame. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I always felt like it was like a like a like this is like game reveal season. You know, this is the time of year where all the game reveals happen, all the new announcements happen. Like you could always market on a calendar and we got away from that and so now it's like it's not a commonplace thing anymore like game awards is probably the only thing currently that you're like they're gonna show something because this is like the time of year they do that but other than that like there is no like set in stone thing anymore of like this is when stuff gets revealed e3 i don't think it was necessarily like you could have put anything else in place of it and it would probably had similar results because that was just the time of the year that we did this right so Mm-hmm. That that to, that to me is what that was. That was like the time of year where I knew, you know, everyone's on break or they're you know on vacation or you know they have the time to sit there and really like digest it. You know, you can set away that little block of time, and be like, all right, now I'm going to absorb all this. I'm going to witness all this. And now it's just like, you know, hope you're available this Tuesday at 10 a.m. because that's when we're revealing this new thing. Yep. Like that's just that's just the way it is now. Yeah, and you and know? there was just again. uh 
just vying for screen space uh like ubisoft had to start right like bethesda like just publishers at that point like it wasn't even enough that like they could just try to etch some sort of slot into like of uh, the major presentation especially god forbid they'd be a fucking exclusive on the system that they're trying to demonstrate and showcase for um they they also had to really just kind of fight for some sort of time uh it wasn't uh, so again and we we kind of skipped over i mean I, I feel like as though E3 has almost become like this water cooler thing. Like it was, it was game reveal season, but it was also like more or less again, just an avenue to kind of talk about the silly shit like Mr. Caffeine or like what awkward celebrity cameo did we have? And then some that like made sense, like just Keanu Reeves just showing up out of nowhere and you're just like, fuck yeah, check out this game. Right. Um, and other stuff. Uh, at some point we, we then now we're shifting to a climate where Nintendo directs are becoming like the moment there's news of one coming up. Like it is, it is a thing that's gathered for Sony got on board with it with state of play. Um, Microsoft still doesn't really have so much like they have the uh, major Mike announcements, but like even then they're very short and nowhere near as produced or as televised, uh, I I would say, as the uh, other two aforementioned events. But like everybody just kind of like realizing we can do our own showcases and like now, Mm -hmm. now let's kind of look at it like, not necessarily post E3, but like the death thralls of E3, because it's we we've all seen that it's gotten less relevant. The pandemic, uh, again, really just poked all the all the holes that we like either looked away from or didn't necessarily see or didn't want to see. They were torn wide the fuck open, but like everything was. So that's not too fair, you know what I mean? But um, go go ahead. Uh, so I was going to say, so like that being said, um, as much as it became kind of a joke of itself mm-hmm. at the end, do you feel like now with such readily available content and resources and, you know, communication, is it exciting still? Are, are, are you still, are you still like really like pumped about reveals and about announcements? Yeah, dude, like there's there are things like if you were dude, like I would you like to know what my mo- my last memorable E3 moment was? Sure. Cuz I can tell you I like it will always be like my number one. Mhm. What is my favorite game of all time? Shemu. What happened at an E3? Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like there's 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 room for moments like that. Like just fucking, uh, just Shenmue three, just no longer becoming they, they, this. They 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 announce a Kickstarter. I don't give a shit. I I fucking went and I dropped money. I'm good with that, dude. Like, uh, but but like so for me, like I'm just I am not excited. Uh, I it kind of like it's like like anything nowadays. I, I you know I'm not gonna get on my soapbox. I'm not gonna say back in my day, you kids. But, like, content is so readily available now that, like, it comes and goes without much hoopla. Like, it comes and goes, it's announced, cool, you know, it gets it gets traction for, like, the day, and then we move on. 
Like, I just, I feel like it's not as exciting when I don't have time to, like, prepare and plan for it. I, I mean, like, I, I kind of want the build-up to be there. I want the anticipation to be there. And I think that now that things are so readily available, I don't have that, like, anticipation. I know that they'll probably announce, like, okay, uh, Friday we're announcing we're going to announce something on Wednesday. And here it is. Like, like right now, like, the most, like, probably the most relevant thing I can say in that regard is I'm waiting for MK12 to get announced. Like, he, he's been toying with it, teasing it. Like, now it, I'm it just got, waiting for it, it to it happen. It got Shadow announced in a conference call. <laughs> right. Well, and there you go. So, again, like, industry bleeding into just, like, everyday content. You know, where, like, now we just know things without being surprised. I, I don't know. It just, for me, like, maybe, like, maybe, like, you know, uh, the ESA as an entity, E3 as a concept, maybe can go away. But like the uh, the what it created, what it is known for, that to me is something I wish we still had. Because I did look forward to it. It was always like a big part of my life. Like people get to look forward to their Super Bowl. They get to look forward to their World Series. For me and what I enjoy doing and what I'm excited about, mm-hmm. it was either WrestleMania season or it was E3 season. Yeah. And now, and now I don't have one of those things, you know? So it is kind of like, you know, as as much as I know that's where we have to go, it is still like I, I definitely do have some, like, remorse for oh, the fact that it, it's gotten to the point where it is. Because I, I, I think as a as an event, you know, like it's still something I looked forward to. And uh, I, I'm kind of sad to see I, it. Same. Dude, I'm not I am not right. dancing on E3's grave in the slightest. I, I would like. Now, now that being said, do I say they they made some missteps that they probably could could have maybe avoided? Sure, of course, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Leaking it, le- leaking all the you know media's information. Probably yeah, not that great. that wasn't fun to not, get doxed. Not, not not good. Not 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 a good idea. No, that that was super. Luckily, it wasn't PPR info because I've never done E three for PPR, just other outlets. So those were outlets well, still, I was no longer with. Man, yeah, I know, but still, yeah. So like that that was like the silver lining of it though you know but um no and like even then we're not seeing it so much at like PAX anymore but there are other events to where like E3 used to be the quote unquote king of the mountain but then like even like from a convention or trade show standpoint like and then bleeding those two lines like to the point where like they're so blurred like is you know getting the public involved because it at the end of the day you're serving the public not necessarily the industry that helps uh circulate what's already being done it's the public that like just drives uh any revenue that you would come to anticipate from it um i i wholeheartedly believe that there should absolutely be something that comes in and replaces e3 and my hot take is it 110% should not be Summer Games Fest. I'm sorry. I I know it's been fun for us to crack on Keeley. Um it has. Uh, it, sure. But like there I think there was a point where like, you know, I trusted Keeley to just like keep things professionally objective and like it goes right back to what I talked about no cheering in the press box. Um, that dude, no, that dude is very much, he's just gone native with what he's doing. There's no, 
um, objectivity. It, like he's very much like he is a self-aware hype machine and he almost revels in it. And I don't want mm. that to be the entity that leads the uh, collective event where all parties essentially are are able to share space and uh, showcase on a floor again. Because if that like that to me, like I, not and, and here I'd be naive or stupid to say that E3 didn't necessarily do that because it did. But, but Keely, if the most recent game awards has anything is, if it's indicative of anything of what I'm saying, and then like that, that's the course that we're, you're plotting towards. No, it's, it absolutely deflated any enthusiasm I had for summer games fest. And, and like, even then, like, we can't trust the ESA and the ESA is already kind of just like scaled back. Like who do, you know, I don't want to get my information directly from the source because that's always going to be tinted. It's always going to like, no, regardless, it's always going to be before it's promoted. It's, it's marketed. Like just there, there's no, there's no ifs, ands or buts. Like that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, well, you know, wagon comes before the cart you know yep. like you, you that that is their main motivation and focus before you even get anything else and then when you finally do deep dives on it it's always going to be tailored to what they want you to see and what they want you to experience but yeah you're absolutely right we, we, we've gotten burned a lot of times because of that right right so yeah like and again like e3 was able to give itself as a platform for all the other uh, not so successful things like, you know, fuck the 3DO, uh, the Nokia N-Gage, the Ouya. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, hell, I don't I don't remember if Stadia had like any sort no. of event. Yeah, no. Well, because Google had their own. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, they, they got to they, they got to do their own thing. Right. We were already in that time. So, I mean. I you like. People scoff at it, but like Atari is still making moves with the VCS and they just acquired over 50 IPs and like they they were slated to present at E3 as far as in what capacity. I don't know. And I don't know, again, because they have their hands in other business ventures. Uh, if anything, it's all really just word of mouth and people who are like following what they're doing. Um, but like that's I. I think they've just kind of realized, like, that's what we're going to do. I think they could definitely, like, step it up and do more. But, like, even Microsoft, like, Major Mike hasn't really done, uh, not since he's kind of, like, just announced Games for Pass Ultimate and, uh, excuse me, Games Pass Ultimate and Games for Windows Ultimate is what I meant to say. Uh, We Mm -hmm. haven't really seen a whole lot. If anything, we've seen a lot of damage control just with, like, Halo Infinite and just acquisition of Activision Blizzard and yep. yeah all the stuff going on there and the uh, and the big lawsuit yeah. or well the big legal battle not lawsuit legal battle between them and Sony over these acquisitions sure sure hmm okay so i guess keely's not it yeah right is there a way a chance that we have something like e3 again i think there'll be a need for it at some point, I think there will, uh, 
and I don't know who's the party to do it because games right. meet. That's another thing. Games media. I don't want to say like it's so cliche to say it's dying, but like the mm. importance of games media, just in terms of, like because journalism, you YouTubers, influencers, that is that is where they're getting that content. Now. Yes, like enthusiast, right. uh, right, enthusiast coverage is just kind of overtaken, and even then, like it's also colored public perception. Like, right. I, you know, like it's not necessarily. I, I don't want to, like, again, be on a high horse and, like, call out, like, sheep mentality, so to speak. But, like, I, most people at this point, given, like, the personality that they've kind of just staked their, uh, their attention or taste on, like, I, you know, if this person says, yeah, then I'm good on it. I'm good with it. It's not necessarily a collective team of people that's sharing, like, a spectrum of thoughts or, or, or opinions. It's just... You know, it, it it's fucking Mr. Beast. It's uh, mm-hmm. it fucking Ninja. Like when like they they gotta do what they can to kind of like keep up with the ever changing algorithm. Whether or not they need to put seven faces in their thumbnail or three faces, who knows? Um, and like this is the this is the avenue for just thoughts and impressions and and like just discussion on that so like like what do you do like you know what i mean like i i i don't know i i think they that they i mean they were in the end game of i it's too soon to see an end game we don't know what's happening next year but mm-hmm. it doesn't look good um because we we're getting uh nintendo live uh in september not only will it be a direct, but they have rented out uh, a hall in Seattle mm. uh, for the public, so not the industry, like industry and public, to be present, mm. which to me definitely indicates that whatever we are going to see out of the Switch, whether it be a successor or a revision, uh, that like you know and people say it talk shit like the oled just came out like i want you to go back and really process just how many 3ds models we got so like i i do i do not i do not put it past nintendo to use that opportunity so we have that we have state Mm -hmm. of plays which to be fair i oh i i'm gonna rephrase that to be honest Mm -hmm. uh they have they have not done it for me um I mean, it's just it's just twenty minutes of it. it it's kind of sad that when they have to come out and tell you specifically, we're only talking about this. Don't expect this. Yeah, like they have to like set like a like you know very like here's like a line in the sand. Like here's what we're gonna talk about. Here's what we're not talking about. Like like you know like have your expectations checked at the door. Like that. Ugh. I hate that, but I know that's just that's that's the climate now. You know. Well, right, but like even then, I I think it's just. Because, like, dude, I can name, like, the mo- one of the most recent Nintendo Directs. Uh, we-, we got Metro Prime Remastered. Like, there is some, like, grandiose announcement. Like, something that's really, like, yeah. Like, because you asked earlier in this podcast as we, we ca- arrived towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, do I get genuinely excited for certain things? 
anymore. Yeah, dude. It, it may not. I, I think if anything, I've kind of just broadened my horizons and like very much like Ed, where like there's a lot of stuff in like the retro scene that I'm excited right. to shit for. And like, sure. And, and, and I definitely lean towards the indie space more than I would have in years past. Yeah. Like the indie 100%. showcase that like Nintendo just did. I wish De- De- and Devolver Digital always does a really cool like presentation. It's always like ridiculous and, and kind of crazy, but always something I look forward and to. See. Okay, that, in my opinion, that is the perfect balance of pageantry and announcement and, like, the parodies that they've done. Yeah, dude, it's been fun. Like, like they what they've done or what Nintendo's done. Like, because there's substance to it. There's something that, like, kind of enriches the culture in which it's set to cater to. It's not. And they always have a, and they always have a one more thing, which you got to have that. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I don't care who you are. We gotta always have one more thing. Yeah, dude, it's not like I'm talking about the like fly Al Pacino in on stage and fucking like like the shit like that, dude. Which uh, unfortunately, and again, I'm not trying to get on some like fucking elitist high horse. It it like, mm-hmm. bro, like, do you want fucking Guy Fieri to like be at your knitting convention? Kinda. Mm. <laughs> I mean. Guy Fieri is pretty much like, I want him involved in anything in my life at this point. I'm sure I'll come up with a better analogy. but <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't pick someone. You can't pick a saint like that, man. Mm-hmm. He is. I don't, I don't know about that, but <gasps> I, I, oh my goodness. I just, I don't know. I, we're going to talk. We're going to talk after this. My show. body isn't the temple that it used to be, but like fucking like it, I, I, I still have some, you know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, we will. Uh, uh Okay. <laughs> fuck uh but yeah dude like i it, it at this point i would love for e3 to again like maybe take this opportunity to rebrand to reoffer and like is there a viable mean to do so yeah dude okay first off like it doesn't need to be a convention hall it doesn't need to be something where people like that's the one thing I think even then, like, a lot of people kind of complained about, like, the relevancy of GDC because uh, they – and now GDC has been doing, like, digital uh, attendance and admissions because a lot of the people there are just for the keynote. Uh, And Mm. then, like, yes, there is a human element to, like, eye-to-eye socialization, like, just being there in person to, like, do what you need to do. But there's also, like, shitty predatory – nonsense that still happens mm-hmm. just like with the recent roofie after parties and shit like that yeah, yeah like i i don't know how many times like and and i stay to this 110 percent. gdc is the fucking burning man of games industry events it's just gonna be like anything and everything you think of is open bar everything that they talk about will be handed an alcoholic beverage i i fucking hoisted and I love him to death, and he'd say it first before I even mention it. And I say this like in in high spirits. But Sean's first GDC, I hoisted that motherfucker on my shoulder after the award show because I had to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let let me tell you, yeah. It. I mean, we, we've all been victims to it at some point. I think you guys had picked me up off the floor of a PAX one year. So oh, yeah, dude, we, we've all we've I had all to been fall asleep to in the bathtub one night i was bad i i was bad dude but like see there's no need for some of that shit anymore now you're right yeah yeah. the way i look at it is this we already have private access betas and other means to where like you get the you get the entities involved you Mm -hmm. and like i think what it is like the 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 real um 
I, I would say the risks involved is just without it being contained in like a centralized event that you have to like arrive and then depart that like that information can be exploited or leaked or mined. And that's why it can't necessarily be distributed in a digital capacity. Right. Right. Or you can like tear it apart and yeah, I, I source code. Yeah. Like, right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. but even like right now without something happening, like people like Grand Theft Auto six got fucking hacked in mind and then just leaked. Like, mm-hmm. so it's easy to say that like E3 can move into a digital climate and easy slash unavoidably necessary. But I think there's a way to do it. I, if anything, people are really going to be ta- paying attention to this Nintendo live. Um, but I think if anything, it just kind of needs to, I kind of needs to get back to grassroots. That's what I think. Mm. And yes, there is a need for it because like, yeah, there, there, there is an announcement season. There is like, you know, dude, like, what season do you associate with blockbuster movies? What season? Yeah, what season of the year? For blockbuster. Just blockbuster movies, like high-profile Hollywood movies. Oh, oh, uh, summer. Exactly. Yeah, summer. Summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? I thought you were saying blockbuster like the like the store, no. and I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what season do you associate for announcements? summer like that that springtime within that mid-season mm-hmm. what season do you ba- 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 basically the moment that their fiscal year's done and they gotta start a new fiscal year yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the holiday the holiday is where we see all yes, major launches yes. like dude sure sure i you know i'm fine with shaking things up a bit but like there's there's so much that like it's really being left behind not even just like mm-hmm. from a public level but like an industry level and so i don't know i guess my my question to you as we we wrap up like yeah. do you think like a physical e3 event or a digital e3 event like what what do you do you even think one's necessary what are you fine with like these like filtered spoon-fed uh presentations from the source I would say, as much as it pains me, I still want to have the physical, like, in-person events, but I know that's a far cry from what we used to have, because I think nowadays, uh, for the safety of everyone involved, for, you know, the problems that come along with these kinds of events, I think, unfortunately, that maybe... As much as I want it to be a thing, I think for maybe the safety of everyone involved, maybe we can't be that way anymore. Because mm-hmm. you brought up an excellent point. Like, the stuff has been happening recently, like, with these events. Uh, it's happened when I went to Evo a few times. It's such a, like, painful reminder of how people can be so um, cruel, predatory, evil, predatory, and cruel um, that maybe we just, as a society, can't have nice things like that anymore and maybe it was always like that i just was rose tinted glasses or i was naive and young i didn't know at the time that these were things that were going on right Mm -hmm. but you bring up a good point as much as i want it to be the way it used to be you kind of mentioning that really makes me think we maybe aren't in a place where we can have that and be safe so 
I don't know if that can be a possibility anymore. As much as I want it to be, it may have to be, like you said, just something we experience from different mediums at this point. Um, so I don't know. It's it's wishful thinking, but I, if we can get back to that point, that'd be great. But I know the reason why we may not be able to, and I think that's also important to realize as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of look at like just the cost effectiveness of it. It, Cause, I mean, because God forbid, like as much as I would love it as a person. Uh, I would never do it at the cost of people that are in positions where they can be exploited, uh, they can be manipulated, they can be, you know, criticized, hated, uh, I d- I d- <laughs> discriminated. You know, and it sucks because we are just in that time and place where that could happen. Well, I and, there there's a virality towards like that 15 minutes of fame because like think about it. Like we mm-hmm. had the From Software developer team on stage accepting award, and some fucking douchebag who was not associated right. with them, with no security, come up. We've had things ripped off. I mean, even uh, you know, just not to like focus on it entirely, but like with pro wrestling, uh, fans just getting exploited, e- exploited, yeah, just getting like jumping into the ring to like assault like veterans. Like, or 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 like seeing them at the airport and wanting an autograph and exploiting them for that. Like, you are not a person anymore at that point. No, it's it's just gotten to the point where like now, I there's so much risk involved to where like there there needs right, to be a right. confident entity. Because yeah, I I don't know, but like I would ideally yes, I would also like a physical event. I think I would like the scale and the pageantry. I I I, I don't think you open it to the public anymore. Yeah, we're we're done with that. We're done with that. That's gone. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's gone. I I'm there with you. I think what right. should be done, and I think what's worked to great success, shadow mm. drop demos. Do it. Yes, it's Nintendo. Yep. I can't tell you how excited. Like that's a big part of the excitement with like a Nintendo Direct, like getting mm. a demo for Octopath Traveler two or Harvestella, and then being able to carry that into. That's. And again, not to fixate, whatever you do in this demo with Street Fighter Six, by the way, it, it you, the moment you it'll only save the recipe for your your uh, create a character, your avatar. Right. That's it. Any progress, like any levels, mm-hmm. you like you can grind. The moment you exit out of the mode, it's gone. You would start all over from the right. tutorial. Um, it won't even let you have like more than three matches before it kicks you back to the title screen. And it's just like title thanks screen, for playing. Yeah. Um, I think they should just go back to sending out demo discs and VHS tapes of their trailers. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll fucking like get get some OPM in here. Let's do it. Some of mm-hmm. some official Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and those v- VHS tapes of Donkey Kong's new game. Let's go, I, dude. And you know what? Just I I love that too. Just physical artifacts of uh, just things like. I you know there there's somebody and and I'll end it here cuz I think we've kind of mm-hmm. reached our point. We have, yeah, I agree. Uh definitely and I'll put it in the show note. I cannot recommend if they speaking of uh creator like content creators and influencers and whatnot. Uh this particular YouTuber who um I have followed and loved like from the early beginnings and like uh have like almost gotten and I wish we got him on the show like prior uh, to his rebrand uh Derek of Stop Skeletons from Fighting uh recently did an amazing little teardown 
of the Resident Evil 4 demo. Because lest we forget, you know, uh, there used to be a Resident Evil 4 preview disc. And me, uh, when back in my days as a game store monkey, uh, working mm-hmm. for Game Crazy, uh, I peddled a lot of those preview discs with the purchase of a GameCube or an MVP membership if uh, I was really desperate to like get some numbers on the board. And uh, just not only is it just really interesting to see a lot of the differences of um, that preview disc versus the final product, but kind of also uh, see like the differences in the chainsaw demo versus the final product that we got. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, you you don't really get like, dude, I still have my Nintendo Power VHS tapes and like my promo. And again, they're all hype machines. They're marketing machines to an extent. But like mm-hmm. just being able to get like promotional stuff that like doesn't get lost in the the thicket of of being this like big, larger than life uh like doesn't get wrapped up so much in the entertainment, but so much in the uh, the brass tacks of promoting like, hey, there's this cool thing we're excited to talk about. Got your attention. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, I I would just love an event that kind of just did that and was something where every and something that was objective, where it just gave an objective platform and that no one could necessarily color or spin or turn a narrative basically like everybody would be able to have an equal opportunity to display and showcase which again there's there can be an argument made that that wasn't even the case with pre-existing e3 uh but hey i don't know um wishful thinking uh right well i i think that's basically it uh i don't i think so yeah all right well this has been episode 146 of press pause radio uh nice little quickie feature topic uh sean and ed couldn't make it uh but they definitely um they definitely had some thoughts that uh they they could have shared and I'm, I'm bummed that we couldn't hear it but i'm sure on the next episode we all just kind of kick back and get things back into track of what we've been playing we can kind of just go ahead and broach that topic maybe they will kind of recognize the superiority of california food trucks who knows um i, I know sean will uh ed ed just talks uh, about like stuff that like we don't have we don't have enough poutine I, I just know about the ketchup chips. He's a big fan of those, I recall, but that's about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my big thing is now um, a lot of places are just importing uh, Mexican Frito-Lay chips and like Mexican Takis and Mexican Hot Cheetos. Completely Ooh, I will different. say, I, I, I would love to hear Ed's stance on, I saw someone post that in the States they have a spicy ketchup Dorito. Mm. I would love to hear Ed's thoughts on that. I so we'll too. have to ask him. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I'm going to. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll definitely have to we'll we'll do an after hours. I would love to hear that. But yeah, if you like cool. what you listen to here at Press Pause Radio, you can actually absolutely check us out on our website at www.presspauseradio.com. There, not only will you find our RSS feed, which you can subscribe from, uh, filled with hours upon hours of podcasting entertainment and everything we've done uh, in the last fifteen years or so. Mm. Um. But you'll also find links to our 
uh, editorials, our written reviews, and other special features uh, and videos. Uh, and some of the video projects that we're preparing because I'm finally about to finish up the uh, production train that I've got going on. The journey, man. It's almost, it's almost done. Yep. And then we can get mm-hmm. get our Twitch, uh, our regular Twitch features. Um, uh, I've been showing the guys just a little like what we've been doing with uh, Arcade. Uh, Val and I are really excited to get that off the ground as well as also... Uh, making play play just a a regular feature again, uh, and not just play play, but press pause video, and kind of doing some teardowns there, and just some other shit, man. Uh, quarter circle forward. Uh, I experimented with uh, doing not only a uh, written review, which I still we're still gonna do written reviews, but also doing a video version of the written review uh, in case like basically just kind of opting for what Polygon has done and still continues to do. Uh, and we did that with the Atari VCS uh, review that I did. Uh, I really want to kind of uh, take it back and do that with some of the high-profile releases that have come out, um, like Metroid Prime and uh, the Cuphead Delicious Last Course. Uh, as of recently, uh, you can find some of the pieces that we've done. Uh, again, uh, we've done some small reviews here and there. I also did uh, a late-to-the-party feature on sonic origins i have uh some other like late to the parties that i have in mind as well as uh i'm going to be doing a new chapter for the sega saturn uh 25th anniversary because we're coming up on that so around every year that uh we hit may uh where we're reminded of it uh we are absolutely going to go and talk about it um and kind of see if there is any any possibility of doing a, a video feature on that um but yeah we we were able to uh, kind of get our hands and also um i got a new video feature lined up uh where i am going to kind of talk about the various versions and ports of older games but also of modern games like mm-hmm. uh bayonetta for example most people may not know is wildly different for the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Wii U, and the Switch. And I would love to do that teardown. Uh, as is Mirror's Edge. Another... Uh, I actually didn't know that at all. That's interesting. The, they're, they're, they're drastically it, different, would you say? As far as the technical performance and some of oh, the... Like, if you... The uh, maximum resolution for Mirror's Edge on the PlayStation 3 is 720p. Whereas mm. you can play it in 1080p progressive on the Xbox 360. And then just mm. kind of see like how well it's held up on the Steam Marketplace and so on. Uh, just like stuff like that. I would love to... I mean, we're not going to be fucking Digital Foundry. Uh, but <laughs> right. but right. we are going to try to like do some neat little things um, and, and not necessarily like peel it back with the technical acumen because I mean, if you're a fan of the show, if you listen to us for years, I don't fucking have it. Like I, I kind of have it. That that's Ed's department. We we all heavily rely on Ed for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, um, Ed's kind of I, he's been showing off some really neat things. I'm excited for. So definitely keep an eye on Studio Mudprints and also right. go check out their Saturday arcade streams. They're rad as shit. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They're super fun to kind of just plop in. And he's been doing a lot of neat stuff with Ren. Uh, and then, yeah, we kind of want to hop on board, maybe raid and do some other stuff when we get Limelight's uh, officially underway, which, again, been workshopping and doing some other stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, high-profile reviews. Uh, I, I have Like a Dragon Ishin, uh Resident Evil 4, and Metroid Prime uh, remastered that I would love to go ahead and talk about and do a teardown. Um, and so you can expect those quarter circle forward reviews, uh, pretty soon. So as well as some other indie stuff that I also grabbed, um, can't wait to talk to you guys about pizza tower. That's another one. Ah, yeah. I hear good things. What about you, Andrew? Anything planned for the site before we call it a, call it a night? You know, I mean, we've tossed around going back to steam and doing more curated stuff through there. Uh, I, want to eventually get to a point where I have more time to curate that stuff. I think that most of my gaming space has been with Steam. Uh, they've done a lot of good things about like different events, like week-long or weekend-only events where they do like, uh, you know, limited-time demos. They, they they do like breakdowns of like new games coming out. And that's kind of where I've been a lot mm-hmm. lately is playing a lot of the, the, the Steam stuff. So I'd like to maybe put a focus on that at some point. I just... Uh, I think with all of us, you know, time commitments have been something we would wish we had more of right? Uh, in terms of this. But I hope we get to a point where maybe that's more commonplace. Uh, I do have 2K23. I wouldn't mind playing as a house show PPR kind yeah. of streaming. Oh, you know, dude, like, speaking of which. Just just to play in general. Um, you know. And Andrew and I have really kind of put it on the back burner, and I apologize uh, for that because I, I, a lot of that has to do with me, and I apologize. Um but I am totally down to doing a house show coming up. and Right. I mean, obviously wrestling hasn't stopped. If anything, it's, it's too much to keep up with. So I think that we had kind of talked about not doing recap stuff anymore and just kind of going into like Feature maybe topics. either deep dives of specific things or, yeah, you know, and there's a lot there to discuss. Um, I would love to kind of go into like Joshi stuff, right. like especially nowadays with like uh, Mercedes, you know, being in Japan mm-hmm. now and, and kind of like the – the new uh, you know wave of excitement that's created and a lot of the Joshi wrestlers coming to the states like I uh, think our last and uh, correct me if I'm wrong we wanted to do a Joshi episode and then before yes. that we also wanted to do uh, a multi-champion episode like wrestlers right. who have been uh, double champs and especially with yeah. like my favorite boys uh, FTR they just got re-signed. Sure for another AEW run for years. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, they, they were three-time like simultaneous tag team champs between AAA, ROH, and then uh, IWGP with New Japan Pro. So, yep. and, and I know like more indie wrestlers, like I know we wanted to do an Epi, Effie episode, um, an Effie Epi, they call it. And, we uh, could fucking, I, I will try to get Effie on it, too. Like, ooh, I would love that. Um, but yeah, no, I I would love to go ahead and like get that started. So it's coming back, but- right? We just it, it, wrestling's hard to keep up with. So we're, we're, I mean, I don't know. Like you're still watching it. I'm still watching. It, I'm still going to shows. So yep. I mean, it's still a part of our I, normal day to day. I signed you know, up for Honor just... Club, so I got some catching up. Nice, to do. me too. Yeah, excellent. Good, good, very good. Well, yeah. So coming soon. With that being said, I'm off to go fucking do a Mario uh, and then uh, watch uh, Seth Rogen 
uh, Seth Rogen brothers is that, that's how I that's all I've been like basically told like as far as you right yeah yeah you're not wrong yeah um, have you gotten to see it yet we did yeah we did see it um, kids loved it I appreciated it um, I am not really even offended about the stuff I was gonna be offended about I thought so go into it and, and just be like you know fuck yeah just all right ha- I'm down have fun have fun ha- with it have fun have a fun all right well. Uh, until then, catch you guys soon, and uh, next time we'll talk about all the stupid shit that's been in our console, because, oh boy howdy, uh, I'll have plenty to talk about, hopefully. It sounded more like a threat. I'm so sorry, guys. I know, yeah. You're coming down with the heat. It's all right, though.